I'm Matt Swain, and you're listening to the Reimagining Communications podcast, where we discuss the opportunities and challenges facing companies on the road to optimizing their communications for the future. Today, I'm joined by Chris Perry, President of Global Sales, Marketing, and Client Solutions at Broadridge. Chris is fundamentally responsible for the go-to-market organization, as well as all of Broadridge revenue. Chris, thank you for joining me. Matt, it's a pleasure to be here. So, Chris, you have over 30 years in the banking brokerage and financial information services space. You, you had a long stint at uh, Thomson Reuters and, and Thomson Financial before that. I'd love to hear what some of the career highlights were from those years before joining Broadridge. Well, Matt, I have uh, a lot of things I'm really proud of in over 30 years of, of business experience. Uh, but I think I would point to three elements. One was being part of a startup in the early 90s and being part of that whole boom that was the internet boom and the bust that took place. And there were a lot of learnings and successes in all of that. Uh, I then think the second one was being part of the merging of two very competitive companies, Thompson and Reuters, and being in the executive team there. And, and learning how to build a culture at the same time, building the next generation of that business only to face the 2009 financial right. crisis. So what you've hear, heard here is a pattern of real growth, dealing with challenge, coming out of those things and taking it to the next level. And then the third one is being part of taking a responsibility at Broadridge to help lead the company's sales and revenue to the next level with an agenda of doubling sales with 100% retention. So all three of those have been really exciting, uh, a lot of accomplishments, a lot of challenges, and some failures that were great teaching opportunities. Yeah, and, and I was... Curious about that as well. As we go into your time with Broadridge, you've spent over five years at Broadridge now. Um, if you were to highlight one thing, it sounds like achieving achieving the revenue goals and growing the business would be that thing that you you look to as as a major success. Yeah, I'm so excited and so proud of many things that our team has accomplished over these years. Uh, fundamentally, I came in with an agenda five years ago, five and a half years ago, uh, to double sales with 100% retention. And uh, at the time, I think people looked at me and said, well, you know, really? Is that like, is that, how long is that going to last? Right. And I'm really proud that over the last five years, this organization, our business units, our sales teams have created that phenomenon, executed against it. We were doing about $120 million of sales each year back in 2013 and 14. Mm -hmm. And now last year we did over 233, uh, 240 on a gross basis. So I'm very proud of that effort. And there was no global sales marketing and solutions, the GSMS organization, yep. before I arrived. So we mobilized and created an enterprise sales function. So it's been really exciting. So Chris, one of the things you talk about often is the ABCDs of innovation. Walk me through those and the relative importance of each for Broadridge. I think there's a lot of complexity in the world and particularly in financial services, the markets that we serve. I tend to try to break things down to simpler levels. So I coined the ABCDs of financial innovation a year and a half or so ago because I thought we had to prosecute the market and the challenges in the market, which are opportunities for us. So I always say challenges are opportunities in disguise. Let's look at these and what can we do with them? And I looked at breaking it down to the level that a kindergartner could understand is ABCDs. A is artificial intelligence. It's really prevalent out there. It's applying that technology to great use cases that will uh, basically make the world more efficient, more effective, and improve customer experience. So mm -hmm. applying AI and RPM to those things we do that are mundane today and making them better is an example. And we are applying that around Broadridge in many places. 
B is the word people hear all the time, blockchain. It was the next best thing from sliced bread. The fact of the matter is blockchain is a very young technology, but growing very, very quickly. It has immense possibilities. I kind of equate it to many years ago when people had enterprise platforms Mm -hmm. for based on uh, relational databases. Now everybody has them, but many years ago, people didn't really know what they were. And now they are predominant in enterprise Mm -hmm. resource planning all over the place. I think blockchain will have that propensity over time, it really right now is about use cases. Too many people spend time with great technology looking for a problem to solve. Let's look at problems and where is this technology going to solve it in Broadridge. We have done that with Global Proxy, where we have a blockchain platform for that. It's in production. Uh, We've done that with collateral management repurchase agreements. We have a platform for repos that's running on blockchain. And we continue to look for the challenges that are out there and where this technology will apply. We have a number of other innovative things in the pipeline around blockchain. Mm -hmm. and distributed ledger technology, which is probably a better way to phrase it. On C, cloud, uh, cloud a few years ago when we coined ABCD was not as prevalently spoken about. Today, it's a ubiquitous conversation. There is a movement to make data available in a ubiquitous way so that it can be available for, in in the SaaS model, the cloud is a really powerful tool to do that. It it makes the democratization of data with the right rights and the right protections available, and it's a lot more cost-effective than deploying infrastructure all over the place. Mm -hmm. Many years ago, if you were going to start a business, you had to buy servers, you had to go out and get space, you had to do all these things that today, if you just go to the cloud, you're up and running for hundreds of dollars, not millions of dollars. The cloud will continue to move forward. There will be challenges around security. There will be challenges that will have to be overcome about data rights in different places. But I believe technology will solve those. It will power the next generation of customer experience and tool sets to solve problems. The Ds are data and digital. They're both really important because most of these other technologies are only as good as the data that you have. AI is only as good as the data that you have. If you're running AI against data that's poor, you're going to have bad outcomes no matter what. Yeah. You just have more of them, and that's that's scary. So we really have to have quality data. We have to bring that data together. Most of our clients in the financial services space have data in multiple vendor worlds. Mm-hmm. They don't really have a handle on which is the true golden copy of that data in many cases, or it's per use case. The fact of the matter is data has to be normalized. It has to be put into a place that's entirely protected. And then you have to have a data fabric that allows for connectivity. And we've built some data fabric capabilities for the industry. Uh, And then analytics is critically important. Again, it goes back to if your data is not managed well and not quality, your analytics will be poor. So we do a lot around data analytics. So the ABCDs were a way to simplify how we communicate about these very, very complex technologies and capabilities, and it's really resonated with people. So I was thinking about if we continue through the alphabet in the communication space, E would be for engagement. And and how all of these tie into, you think about data and digital and creating more engaging experiences, even with, with AI and blockchain and cloud, how do those all play into that broader Uh, investor-centric or customer-centric goal of improving experiences. Matt, you must be the top student in my kindergarten class (laughs) because E and engagement is absolutely the next step in that equation. 
Uh, I've been in the marketplace talking a lot about how do we make everything we do more engaging. We have generational issues because each generation is different in what they want. There's not better or worse. There's just multiple generations. And the way in which you engage the digital natives is different than those that couldn't change the time on their flashing VCR clock. And we have to respect that. And those personas are really important. So I describe it very much as the next generation of communication and how engagement is brought to life is to make a digital communication feel like a personal communication, a bit like if I put my hand out to anyone in business to shake someone's hand, they know that's a universal signal to shake hands. And that's a personal interaction. We need to take communications and make it feel the same way, a metaphorical digital handshake so that people really do feel like a human is engaging another human. Yeah, I think the other piece of that is it's it's not a one-way communication at that point. Oftentimes when we talk about you know, delivery of a regulatory transactional or marketing communication, you even see I, I biased it by saying delivery of, right? We're, we're pushing the communication out, but how do we create engagement so this is a two-way conversation and we can build on that over time? Well, it starts with how you speak about them like you just described. I mean, digital regulatory proxy communications. That is not sounding like a Valentine card you want to read. (laughs) What we have to change the dynamics around that is is make it so that these things are purposeful for the recipient Mm -hmm. and that they have a way to interact with them as opposed to just receiving them. We describe that in Broadridge as essential communication. So if you're a shareholder in a public company, there is a requirement regulatorily to send you information about that investment you've made. Mm -hmm. And you or your financial advisor are the stewards of of that company. Uh, But if it comes as a check the box, we had to send it to you from a regulatory standpoint, that's not great shareholder engagement. And I believe companies today want real shareholder engagement, including the retail shareholder. So let's make that communications that's essential because it's required. Let's make it essential on both sides so that there's an interaction ability to better understand the company you've invested in. And that's one of the things that Broadridge is working on is making those essential communications valuable for the recipient and actionable for the recipient. You mentioned proxies. How do we make proxy a more engaging experience, proxy voting? Because obviously that's that's a big challenge and we want the retail shareholders to be voting and we want them to their voices to be heard. Well, let's start with the most precious commodity that humans have, which is time. Mm-hmm. So how can we make it such that this is an incredibly Uh, both effective and efficient way that your voice can be heard. And what Broadridge has done is created the mobile app that with a QR scan code, we can take a picture of the QR code. It immediately goes in instead of the old days when you had to put a control number, a document control number, a DCN was in there, which you wouldn't remember. It, It was so antiquated. And we've really modernized that today. And we made the experience pleasurable. It's like, wow, I get to see this. It comes to life. I can do it on the train on the way in. And I see all of my holdings are there, anything that is relevant to vote on now. And I feel like, you know what, I feel good about my ownership in uh, in Pepsi or whatever company it is. And I'm informed. And now there are more and more uh, elements on the ballots that are more provocative and more interesting and I want to pay attention to. It's no longer just, which is really important, so I don't want to minimize it, who are the board of directors. It's no yeah. longer just who are the auditors. There's 
say on pay is in there. Yeah. You want to learn about that. The ability to click through and get education and see the proxy materials because the proxy is important. I just think people don't like to think that much about proxy. They do like to think that I have voiced my opinion on the company and they now have my vote. And people should be proud of that. And we need, uh, we have an obligation to make that easy and make it interactive. I'm thinking about the role that that investor plays and, and historically having to, to try to sift through what am I actually voting for. People don't have time to go do that research themselves. And because of that, they look at these things and they've been onerous. Yeah. And so people wonder, well, why, why isn't retail shareholder voting happening very much? Well, because it's been pretty difficult. So let's make it easier. I mean, easy, really easy. A, B, C, Ds, E is engagement. Let's right. get the E in the equation. Yeah. Make it simple. People can be informed and can vote. And and if you have a lot of positions, it's that's, that's a big process, not just one company you might be an investor in. So Broadridge is taking the initiative, making the investments on behalf of everybody, which I think the SEC would be very pleased by because Chairman Clayton would like more retail shareholder engagement, and we're trying to enable that process. With 5,000-plus clients, you have a network that is the envy of many salespeople, and you're you're talking to senior executives at Fortune 500 companies on a daily basis. Is there a common thread or theme to the discussions that you're having? Uh, what's keeping them up at night? Well, I do have the privilege of speaking with some of the most senior people in financial services companies around mm-hmm. the world, uh, from the biggest investment banks through to small boutique uh, hedge funds, people mm-hmm. like that. Uh, it is a wonder anybody sleeps, to be honest with you, at all, <laughs> including myself. Uh, but if I, if I thought of one thing that people really are awake and worried about and putting a lot of money around how to deal with, which is really cyber There was a recent breach, and I'll skip the name of the company, but people would know it, that actually caused this whole agenda of my ABCDs, the cloud agenda, to really slow down because people all of a sudden said, well, wait a minute, this was in a known cloud provider's uh, possession and it was hacked. Truth be told, it was actually moved to that environment, but they didn't move to the principles of the cloud provider. I strongly believe on this one that you are better served by being with a professional, institutional-grade company who spends way more than any even investment bank could spend on protecting that data. So I think cyber is a big one that people are kept up about. I think geopolitical dynamics are concerning for CEOs of companies and being able to future-proof or risk-proof their businesses. I mean, Brexit's an example. There are many institutions who have tried to create a reduction in risk by having multiple headquarters quietly in Europe to protect against that. I think companies that are very much into manufacturing, and we do a lot of uh, work to support issuers, corporate issuers and corporations uh, in in their governance process. But we know that they've been concerned about about trade and the dynamics around that. Uh, You have to find ways to future-proof risk protect your company that might be sourcing things from other places just to reduce the amount of exposures that people have. And I think overall with the amount of regulatory, which we have a lot of regulatory, uh, and and it's important that it is both enforced and complied with or complied with so there's less need for enforcement. Self-policing, so to speak, is really important. All that's making for a better world. And ideally, this will be demonstrated well to the public who has over the last some number of years, lost some confidence in financial services marketplace. It is the fabric, capital markets is the fabric of what's made our world expand so quickly. The creation of capital is critically important, and we need to support that. We need to do that ethically. We need to do that with the right regulation and governance and adherence to all those things. A lot of transparency and self-reporting. 
integrity is really important and mm-hmm. integrity is what you do when no one's watching. We need to make sure people operate that way. I saw an article recently that was talking about personalization and communications in general. It was actually saying that in the next five to 10 years, you're going to see a, a move away from personalization of communications because of concern that there's going to be um, a misuse of that data, which is really interesting because we we always talk about how it's important to make a more personalized experience and uh, take advantage of the opportunity to communicate with personalized and relevant communications. Oh, well, I've seen that happening already with some uh, yeah. communications that have gone to more of a generic communication. The pendulum swings, yeah. right? We were callous to relax with people's data before. Now we're moving to a place where we're in fear of mm-hmm. whether we would use it. That's not right either. Let's A, remember the principle, protect that person's data as if it's your own. Make sure you put all of the power of the being, the corporation or whatever behind that. Then the second thing is make sure you're giving people value for them giving you their information. And and again, that's, that's it. it we, we have to be able to show that there was a lot of value here and that's why I took the risk of adding my data. I trusted who I gave that data to uh, because I knew I had confidence that their principles were to support us. They weren't outselling my data. Right. They weren't basically saying that my data is on a server in the trunk of my car and I locked it when I walked away. They're really doing all that and then give them great value. That's what will offset that. And I do believe the personal communication because I matter. Do you get me? If you're going to do business with me, do you get me? I want to be understood by whoever I work with. You get me. You've listened to me. And there's a lot of talk in the wealth management space about the robo-advisor. And I believe the robo-advisor is a really powerful use of technology to apply to millions of people who have common, relatively generic uh, needs at the time. But as their lives get more complicated and they need other things, they need counsel. They they would not leave their legal affairs to some online legal tool set when they get into a very difficult suit or divorce or something. Yeah. They're going to seek real counsel. And I really believe that's the future around robo-advisor as a tool for the things you need to do efficiently, reasonably low risk. But when you have an illness in your family and you really need to talk about what those options are, you can't consult the robo. You got to consult a human who's ideally a fiduciary trusted person to you. Uh, So we have a long way to go on all this, but I think many of the right kinds of things are happening. Excellent. So I'd be curious. I asked this question of many of my guests. Where do you see the communications market going in the next five to 10 years? I think we're going to crack the code on using technology in order to provide this much needed you get me experience. I'll describe it a little bit. I got here today through an Uber. Mm -hmm. So you think about Uber is the technologies of Uber existed, but the computing power and the bringing together, I mean, taxis existed. You had GPS mapping software before. That's not new innovations. They were innovative when they were first launched, uh, GPS by the military, taxis for as long as people have moved around. What happened was the computing power got strong enough with the logistical ability of knowing who are the people looking to go where and who are the available rides, and that all came together in a powerful environment. I think we're going to see that kind of thing apply to communications. We're going to be able to have the technology to be able to understand the person – 
We're going to provide the, the nature of trust, the integrity of trusting the institution because they've committed to me with the utmost of transparency that they're going to protect and tr- protect my information as if it's their own, and I'm going to trust them in that, and it's the obligation of the corporations and companies like Broadridge to demonstrate that and speak to that. And when those things come together, you're going to see a very powerful application of technology to make it very much like you get me. You understand that right now I have two kids. They're going to go to college in two years. I'm thinking about retirement. I've got uh, my parents and my partner's parents who are going to be needing certain health care that is happening over time, and it's all going to be coming down on me at the same time. Who's my advisor and my advisors, and how are the technologies and the companies like Broadridge out there helping me to have a fulfilling life as I focus on wealth, retirement, education, parental care? These are all challenges that humans are facing, and we need to find systems that enable communications, engagement, and support of of how to solve those. Well said. So you talked about uh, not knowing how to find time to sleep. I I think you are a good case of somebody that I don't know how you find time to sleep because if I think about the extracurricular work that you also do with Community Food Bank of New Jersey, Make-A-Wish Foundation, British American Business, America Stores, and Power, and all the others – it's 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 mind blowing how you're able to balance that, and I'd love to just spend a minute uh, on Empower as we close here. Tell me about the mission of that organization and uh, and and why you're involved there. Well, I love all of those organizations. Uh, the philanthropic work they do to help society is so powerful and moving, and it really energizes me. What I love about Empower is. It serves two really important constituencies, military veterans coming back from uh, from service. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a window that's really tricky because you're re-immersing in civilian life and you know military process. And much of that, for good reason, is, is prescribed for you. Mm-hmm. Now you're back with a world. And what Empower does is it takes military veterans – And another place where you can be wayward is when you graduate from high school uh, or you get a GED from high school. And where do you go next? College is not necessarily for everyone. And by the way, many people have to contemplate the costs and how do they find the next level of education. So you have two groups of people that are very much in a place that is uh, concerning. And if left Mm -hmm. just to figure it out, it's very difficult. So what Empower does is it provides real tangible training so people can – and in the process gets internships for people that often turn into roles. So it teaches people to fish and it does an amazing job of serving the communities of New York, St. Louis, uh, uh, Baltimore, Dallas. And it takes people in these situations and gives them real skills experience to get thriving careers and the stories are amazing. I love it. Well, thank you, Chris, so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure, man. I really appreciate the questions. It's an exciting world, and the uh, reason to stay awake and not sleep much is because of all the things there are to do. Very fair. I'm Matt Swain, and you've been listening to the Reimagining Communications podcast. If you like this episode and think someone else would too, please share it, leave a review, and don't forget to subscribe. To learn more about Broadridge, our insights, and our innovations, visit broadridge.com or find us on Twitter and LinkedIn. LinkedIn.